Monday on Rogue Padron. Wrapped up in a wampa hug. Oh, wait, sorry. Just- I couldn't interrupt you because I was muted. Do you want to do it again? Didn't you just interrupt me, though? <laughs> oh, yeah, but I, I, missed, I missed what I usually interrupt. I usually interrupt you at the beginning. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. Let's do it. <laughs> Hang on. I didn't interrupt you. <laughs> wait, man. <laughs> I need to interrupt you. <laughs> Which is definitely not what I'm doing right now. <laughs> Tonight on Rogue Quadrant, wrapped in a wampa hug, juggling thermal detonators, and a lot of grown-up words. This is Rogue Leader. All wings report in. Rogue 6, standing by. Rogue 7, standing by. Rogue 3, standing by. Listeners, pew, we pew. know it's been quite a long time. <laughs> was that it? <laughs> that was just the sound effect. Was that it? <laughs> we had a casual misfire, don't worry about it. <laughs> Everything's fine here. <laughs> uh, so, yes, welcome, listeners, to a pew, brand pew. new episode. I think we need a fire I can't tell if he's doing a bit or not like, <laughs> what is Danny doing um, when, uh, um, when I put when I edited the Encyclopedia episode with Megan at last week she mentions Rogue Padron or no I mentioned Rogue Padron at one point and I put Pew Pews in the background and now I just want to put Pew yeah. Pews in the background of this whole episode <laughs> Yeah, but you actually put like laser noises, not just not, you going. Yeah, because on a podcast, it's confusing when someone else is talking. I know, but see, I don't have time to edit this. I don't edit this podcast, so I have to do the sound effects live. Okay, fair, fair. I'll, I'll also do the background music for the dramatic reading. I'll do that live too, if that's okay with everyone. Great. Is it vindicated by dashboard? <laughs> it better be. <laughs> Uh-huh. All right. So, listeners, I bet you're so happy we're back right now. Uh, tonight, we'll be going over X-Wing Starfighters of Edumar, chapters four through six. But before that, a quick reminder of your hosts, because it's been 84 years. I keep just waiting for him to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, on the edge of my seat. <laughs> if Danny wrote six, pew, was, pew. A non- <laughs> was a non-candy item found in your trick-or-treat sack, he'd be some fresh fruit because he's extremely good for you, but not always what you want. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> good. Many people I have said that to fruit. me. Yeah, but it, when you're going around trying to get like as many Kit Kats as possible, do you really want an apple thrown in there? Okay, that's a good point. That's uh, a good so point. Man. In fact, I'm pretty sure Sarah said that verbatim in her vows. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I heard it somewhere before. Yeah. Uh, Heath, Rogue 3, would be erasers that look like candy because he's a goddamn troll. <laughs> <laughs> so rude. <laughs> so good. 
Oh, it's so good. <laughs> Seth, Rogue Seven, would be a whole rotisserie chicken because you have no idea what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> Is this <laughs> Halloween? <laughs> <laughs> Is this Halloween? <laughs> Maybe. Who knows? She asks every kid that she gives a rotisserie chicken to, is this Halloween? <laughs> yes, here is your big chicken. <laughs> and I am Meg, rogue leader, and I would be a toothbrush because someone has to clean up after this mess. <laughs> God bless this dysfunctional family. Uh, Alright, well, speaking of a mess, I have a question about Star Wars. <laughs> Um, we have, as far as I know, not seen evidence that the holiday of Halloween is celebrated in the Star Wars galaxy, but if it was, what do you think your favorite characters would dress up as? I forgot who all my favorite characters were. What if Lou Jane dressed up as a zombie? (laughs) It's a little on the nose, isn't it? Yes, it is. What if zombie Lou Jane dressed up as not a zombie? Living Lou Jane. (laughs) A live Lou Jane. That feels bad. I feel like she would dress up as something extremely wholesome. Like Space Snow White or something. Aww. Yeah. Um, and her, but her sister dressed- would be like super edgy, right? I forget her sister's yeah. name. Um, yeah, absolutely. Inyari. Iliana. Iriadi. Nope. Rasadi. Nope. Uh, Rasadi? No. Oh my God. Am I muted? Iriadu. Gavin would dress up as a bumblebee. Oh, he would. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Uh, yeah. Why isn't this our listener question? <laughs> I, I was just going to say it should be. We can. It can be. It definitely it should be. Okay, we're doing our listener question up top. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll circle back to it again at the end. So what don't your favorite feel rogues, after... rogues and raids dress up as for Halloween? Oh, see, mine was... Was that the original question or was it any character? Mine was any mine character, was... yeah. Because, yeah. like, yeah, what if you want, like, M-Trade to dress up as something? Oh, I my want... God. I want Luke, while training at the Jedi Academy, to dress as Yaddle, because he was also a massive troll. (laughs) (laughs) And this would be like when he was like studying Jedi history, and he'd be like, wait, there is a female Yoda? Excuse me? Yeah. Hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) So Tycho loves justice, and I feel like he would dress up as like one of his justice heroes, and so I'm imagining Tycho dressed up as Constable Zuvio. Uh, me too. Also, just because I want Heath's <laughs> entire being to explode into oblivion. <laughs> Fair. So good. Fair. Oh my gosh, I love it. Danny, you have what's your what's your pick one? What's your you pick two Halloween costume oh, combo? Well, I picked Tycho dressing up oh, as okay. Zubio. Um, I guess like what would Admiral Akbar dress up as? Mm-hmm. Like I don't know, probably a like Care a Bear. <laughs> <laughs> we had very different responses. <laughs> what did you say? Akbar would dress up as Rad. Repeat it. I'm not gonna repeat it. Akbar would dress up as Radis. Oh. <laughs> what if Akbar dressed up as a Bothan? Oh no! <laughs> oh I thought the of the scariest troll. thing possible. <laughs> he would. He would dress up as a Bothan and then just he be bad at everything. As, and he dresses up as Raven. Bothan <laughs> would be so unamused. <laughs> <laughs> so it's mad about really it. Very amused. <laughs> so good. I like. I can't. I can't imagine Akbar dressing up as anything. He's too like stern and serious. 
he's handing out the candy, and then like Wedge would just put like cat ears on him for some reason and be like, "We're done." Yeah, he's just like a dad. Yeah, I could, like I could picture him letting his fins down for one night for a holiday like this. Yeah. It's not for Halloween though. Listen, he gets real drunk on the nog. Uh, Akbar's a Christmas guy. He's a Christmas fiend. Akbar in a Christmas sweater is like mm, chef kiss. Mistletoe fiend. Oh yeah, hanging the stocking, putting the cookies out by the fireplace. Yeah, with an apron in the kitchen. Mm. I'm gonna do so much Christmas fan art. (laughs) Great, cool. So we're gonna circle back around to that later. But for now, I'm sure everyone is very excited to jump into chapters four through six of Starfighters of Edomar. So let's do that. <clears throat> Wedge is fuming. Pew, pew. And it's real sexy. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> next time on Rogue Padre, no. <laughs> uh, That's literally the three chapters. <laughs> yeah. Well, later Wedge is sad and attractive. Yeah, Wedge has emotions and it's very sexy. (laughs) Uh, Tomer scolds him that Wedge doesn't know much about Kartan and it's custom, so it's best to follow his lead so he doesn't do something ignorant or offensive. Tomer has a point, but they need to work together and Wedge makes up a reason to get Tomer to leave. Every time I see Kartan, I see Katan. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I'm imagining Tomer training Wedge on like how much brick to trade for people's sheep. <laughs> Is it zero? <laughs> I never played Katan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, br- brick for sheep is not a good trade. <laughs> okay. No, don't trade one brick for a sheep. No. <laughs> <laughs> one brick for a sheep. That seems like a very unfair trade. <laughs> okay if you're in a brick-based economy <laughs> which often times you are <laughs> what, if, what if you're in a sheep-based economy <laughs> that's how i like to play Catan personally <laughs> me too i I'm love all sheep. about the sheep yeah yes yeah, Saf, we sheep. would not be able to play together because we'd both be hogging all the sheep that's true <laughs> that's very true it sounds friendship ending i don't know we've survived a lot i don't know not a sheep horde though a what a sheep horde Oh, it's not the word I heard the first time. <laughs> it's like, I, okay, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> I'm sure it was, but the different spelling of it. <laughs> All right. So Wiz confirms that the slender lady um, over at the party is indeed Iella, and that she's actually been there for several weeks, if not a few months, pretending to be a coat slicer. And it's, Obviously, the situation on Edumar is much more convoluted than it was made clear to Wedge. Also, some more bad news. Javi found out that there isn't a planet-wide government. The parader only speaks for Katan. Now I'm saying, now I'm going to say it wrong. For Cartan. <laughs> We've done it again. <laughs> they have control over. So even if Cartan does side with the New Republic, it doesn't mean they can be brought into it as a whole. Meg is very determinedly not letting Cartan become Catan. (laughs) (laughs) Despite my best efforts to rogue Padron it. I'm just just trying really hard. (laughs) The worst of the news comes from Wiz, of course. And he tells Wedge that Cheris is sweet on him. 
And that's why she let him decide if the dude that she was fighting in the last chapter 12 years ago lives or dies. But Wedge is too old and too tired for this. <laughs> All right, is Cheris the one that it turns out is 16? Yeah, surprise. We I definitely placed that. both that. Cheris is 16. We are very sorry for any comments made toward her as if she was an adult. We forgot how old she was. Yeah. Also, Wedge, she is too young for you just ollie out of this yeah wedge and you're Charis, you're a ripe old age of 29 that's like 50 years Don't older than 16 like when i was when i was 20 i dated a 30 year old and it was not good oh. <laughs> so girl don't even if she was older she's not married so she's not wedge's type right <laughs> presumed widow but yeah, we're, we're, we're sorry about comments that were made in the last episode, and we'll chalk it up to poor reading comprehension. Don't know if you've noticed, but <laughs> we don't retain much. <laughs> we're not great at that particular skill. I don't know what you're talking about, <laughs> Warlord Gabor. <laughs> don't know who that is. <laughs> don't remember half the characters in the other book. I'm Saf, and I thought Brooke Vessery was really someone else. No, in fact. <laughs> anyway. Okay, I like how Brooke Vessery is the one that you're mocking us for not remembering. It's <laughs> because I did this recently. Broke, the most Broke was mentioned thing. on three different pages, and that's it in the entire book, Vessery. Yeah, but he was mentioned in every single episode since then. That's fair. So. Love that boy. Love that boy. All right. <laughs> Oh boy. Um, Wedge gives them assignments for the night. They're going to pretend they don't know anything weird is going on for now. And Wiz is upset, though, because he had an appointment, a nighttime appointment. <laughs> <laughs> nighttime. It's like an X rated nap, and it's a nighttime appointment. <laughs> Make a nighttime appointment with Rogue Pod. <laughs> Oh no! No, don't know. <laughs> depends who you are. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> it's just me sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> Is it so sad? <laughs> All right. Jeez, uh, but the appointment can be rescheduled because he has work to do. The next morning, they're taking the Blade Thirty Two Zap for a test flight. They're all right overall, and Wedge mostly just yearns for a job where he can be in the cockpit regularly. They do get challenged often um, from other Blade squadrons, but they refuse them because they don't want to kill a bunch of people needlessly. Weird. When they get back and land in the hangar, Wedge asks Cheris if they have any experience with simulators or powered back weapons. Of course, the Cartanian, I don't, I may, maybe made that up. Um, people don't, though some neighboring unhonorable countries do. Wedge asks what would happen if he continuously wins challenges using weakened lasers. Logically, she has to think that they would then become honorable. After dinner at the Minister of Trades, the group gets ambushed and they brawl, which is super arousing. Why did I put that in the show notes? <laughs> Oh, Meg, you accidentally Meg, confused you the show notes with your diary these? again. I don't remember when I wrote these. It was so long ago. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. The men who I do love how the show notes are like, um, um, what's the guy's name? Um, 
um, Anchorman, yeah. Ron Burgundy, where you, you just you just read what's written and then <laughs> later on, oh wait, what did I just say? <laughs> oh no! Listen, I am comprehensive. <laughs> the men who attack them are assassins, probably. And rather than kill them, Wedge takes their blast swords for his crew and has the security team take them all away. On the way back to the quarters, we find out that Cheris has vertigo, so she could never become a pilot. Focusing on the blast sword was what she could do, but it is a dying art. Most fighters now only care about aesthetics and performance. Cheris researched blast sword techniques of old, which is why she's so ruthless, but also the best. Blast sword hipster. Okay, what does the blast sword look like? It's a big sword, but also has a gun on it. It's a gun Whoa, blade. A gun it's a gun sword. blade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So wait, where is the so? I, okay, a sword. Where is the yeah. gun part? Is it on the handle or is it like on the tip? <laughs> um, Come on, I just said the word tip. I didn't even say just the tip. No, I'm just or... trying to think about where it would be on the blade. I think it's closer to the handle. Oh, so it's like in the middle. Yeah. I, mean, it's, it's <laughs> I have no idea. Like a real <laughs> I have of no idea what this looks like. It's probably just a gun with a blade coming off of it. Like, yeah, like, like with it. A... a lightsaber. Yeah. Yeah. But, but less dorky. Yeah. <laughs> more deadly. Less okay. dorky, more deadly. All right. If someone would like to draw us a diagram, that would be very helpful. I bet Odie can, because he's definitely making them in real life. I don't know. Odie might be dead. Odie has not commented on that tweet that Rogue Butter <laughs> like six <laughs> hours ago. So. Yeah, well, it was fun while it lasted, Odie. <laughs> oh, we you, appreciated Odie. you while you were here. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So then Wedge slips away from the group to go meet Iella on the platform where they landed. She explains that Cartan has actually been doing recon on their own and had figured out that the two major powers in the galaxy are the Empire and the New Republic. Iella is there undercover as a Corillian slicer who can make their tech more compatible with the New Republic. The New Republic has also known about Adumar for a while, but their Cartan ship met a probe um, and that sped up the whole invitation and getting the pilots there now. She also explains that the reason why the Parader has been so busy is because they've been trying to get him to consider a planet-wide government. And it's actually looking pretty good so far. Uh, but Wedge doesn't care about any of this. He pretends to, but he doesn't really. He just wants to punch whoever it is that yellow superior that sent them off on this awful mission with zero information. Iella asks if that was all because she's got to go. It's not going to look good for her to be sneaking around with Wedge Antilles, Hero of the Galaxy. Wedge stops her, wondering why things feel so weird and strained between them, and why they haven't spoken for months. Maybe it's because you didn't text Wedge. Have you thought of that? Maybe you should instigate some conversation. But really, Iella tells Wedge that they're not friends anymore, but that leaves... Wedge pretty heartbroken. She rushes away, only telling Wedge that it isn't him, it's her. And it leaves an aching weight in his chest. This part was Buddy, sad. you're in love. It was sad. Pew pew. Sorry, I was eating. Yeah, so Wedge is really not Wedge is really not having a good time with this. 
Um, out of all the things that he's learned on Adumar and all the things that he doesn't like about Adumar, I think this was number one of the things that suck about this planet. That he finally gets to see Yella, but she's like, no, we're done. We're over. We're not friends anymore. Which, yeesh. Because if Wedge Antilles isn't a pilot, then what is Wedge Antilles if he doesn't have any friends? Wedge is going through some stuff in this one. Yeah, I relate. <laughs> hmm. We're having a hard time right now, Wedge and I. All right. So the next warm, the next morning, Wedge is still feeling too much. So it's time to go flying. I can relate to that. What? <laughs> what, what is are this? We feelings? Do- no, I must do something else immediately. Distraction. Distractions. They announced that Rogue Bodger. Did I actually write Rogue Bodger? Yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's because of my phone and it autocorrects. They announced that that Red Squadron will be accepting challenges as long as their opponents also have the same kind of powered down weapon configurations. Cheris isn't pleased with him under the pretense of she's his guide and guard, and if something happened to him under her watch, she would face the greatest dishonor. She asks Wedge if he went to go meet a lady, and he says yes. Cheris asks if she's a pilot, and Wedge says no. And Cheris is curiously and suddenly back to her happy self. Wiz mm. has to translate this into she's sweet on him. Wedge wishes he didn't ask. Yeah, that's something you would rather not know, I Too think. Too much information. You know that Wiz is Australian because he says things like, she's sweet on you. (laughs) And he's like, I gotta go trim my fringe and stuff like that. (laughs) I have to go fight a crocodile now. Yeah. Oh, he would. Right. He would. Right? (laughs) He would, yeah. Like, Wiz is the Steve Irwin of the... (laughs) 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 Oh, no. Listen, Steve Irwin taught us so much about nature. I miss him right now, like, a lot. Okay, that's a weird feeling I don't need to have right now. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Distraction, distraction. (laughs) Meg, go flying. (laughs) They fly around, sparring with each other for a while, since they don't get any challenges. And they finally get one from Strike the Moon's Flight Knife. Which sounds like a really good indie band that Heath would be super into. (laughs) (laughs) The rogues win easily, and then offer to go again a completely foreign concept to the night flight flight knife because they usually all die at the end uh let's see they all go for several rounds and then head to the cantina wow they sit together and wedge explains why they're not very good mostly that they're predictable which can get you killed they also try to explain that the most honorable thing is protecting others not fighting for yourself Wedge makes himself super sad by asking if making his loved ones proud of him while they stand over his grave is better than making them proud when he comes home at night. Wedge. Wedge is so lonely. <laughs> wedge needs therapist Wedge. Mm-hmm. Oh, wedge. They spend the next few nights or days in the same manner until they go on a tour of a proton torpedo making facility. The factories are all underground, and between them and the surface are apartments for the factory workers, about 60% of the population. 
They don't have to stay there, but it's the only places that they can afford. What and I'm sure like they only get paid a fraction of what their work is actually worth. But the good news is that if Cartan is ever bombed by the enemies, the plants would be okay because the bombs would detonate when they reach the living quarters instead. Cool. Wow, cool, I cool. love capitalism. Great. Great. So, great. Wedge dislikes this place more and more yeah it's almost as if the society of Adamar was designed to specifically be the antithesis of everything that wedge stands for it truly truly is later tomer tells them the assassins have mysteriously escaped aka they have someone on the inside to help them whoever the imperials have paid off works high enough in the Cartan government to make that happen but you know what Wedge isn't un- isn't wholly unsatisfied with how things are going. He had a breakthrough with a young pilot who checked for understanding. Oh God, that's that's a school term. <laughs> yeah, it? it definitely is. Oh my God, I hate my job. <laughs> <laughs> I'll throw a little CFU in there. <laughs> Why is this my life? Um, <laughs> should be from within a person rather than put on them externally by others. It's confusing to this dude, but Wedge points out that if you're the person who holds yourself to your code, then no one can arbitrarily change it into something else and decide what's right for you. Which is truly lawful good. He is too good for this universe, to be honest. (laughs) Yeah, what? That's really interesting that Wedge is lawful good because I feel like Tycho is the like the one that we raise up as being lawful good. He's neutral good. Who? Yeah, he's neutral good. Tycho? Yeah. Like neutral good doesn't mean he's not good, but Wedge very strictly follows his own code, moral code, which is what. Wait, does the lawful, lawful neutral, chaotic hmm. part mean you follow your own code or you follow the world's code? Neutral means that he'll follow whichever code he thinks is right. Um right, basically. So that be like, Wedge? No, Wedge follows his own strict personal code. Oh. Like, there's a difference. Like, if you wouldn't betray your own morals, basically, to do what you, like, yeah. It's it's complicated. Let's not talk about D&D alignments right now. But anyways, we just definitely lawful good. <laughs> yeah, I have no and idea Wiz... what anybody's talking about. Wiz is absolutely chaotic good. <laughs> yeah, Wiz is chaotic good for sure. <laughs> that, that was wild. <laughs> I'm real excited for one of our listeners to argue with me on this. <laughs> <laughs> the pilots decline dinner invites for a night and head back to their quarters. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Decline dinner invites is funny now. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Oh, I sure did not. Anyway, uh, Wedge tells the group that the court and the crowds have come up with nicknames for them. Wiz is the darling one. Uh-huh. Why? <laughs> because he's darling. He's a charmer. He's 100% a charmer. Also, that accent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he wrestles crocodiles for the crowd. Like, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah, right, it's what great. Darling. Space crocodiles. Yeah, yeah. it's fine. They're, they're bigger, actually. Right. <laughs> they, they're like... Because the lack of gravity Dark. causes their bones to expand. They have twice as many teeth. Oh no, it's so bad. All of the above. <laughs> also, they have poison inside their mouths. 
and outside of their mouth. <laughs> and outside of their mouth. If you lick one of them, you immediately die. Tyra. Wow. <laughs> That's it. That was a weird tangent. <laughs> oh, that we know... I'm in Australia. This is relevant. Yeah, we know what space crocodiles look like. <laughs> Tycho is the doleful one that all of the ladies want to, of the court want to comfort. Uh-huh. 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 Got it. I feel like these people are really bad nicknames. Yeah, they are, 100%. Hubby yeah. is the dour one, which no one can argue with. <laughs> and Wedge is the diligent one, which colloquially means he's also really good in the sack. Amazing. <laughs> Great. Good stamina, Wedge Antilles. They find Hellas and Whitecap, which, remember, are people who exist. Well, kind of one person and a droid who exists. And Whitecap is currently malfunctioning and repeating whatever anyone says, which is super annoying. And they are waiting for them in the boys' apartment. She tells them she saw someone out on their balcony, but when they get out there, it turns out to be a ruse. Here we go with the balconies again. (laughs) (laughs) The balcony is just the only safe place without recording materials because balconies are friggin' sacred. Well, of course, the Adamaris would never denigrate a balcony with recording equipment. That's right. Balconies are the best. My gosh. Why did I drink this? Um, <laughs> that's, our, that's our new Rogue Podron t-shirt coming to a store near you soon. Balconies oh God, are best. Oh. <laughs> oh, we were thinking of two very different directions there. <laughs> <laughs> that could be two different shirts. Oh, no, we were just describing two different sides of the same shirt. The in the back. <laughs> yeah, balconies are best is on the front and then on the back. Oh God, why did I drink this? <laughs> Rogue Padre. (laughs) (laughs) I'd wear it all the time. Uh, Tank top version, obviously. Yeah. Please. Hallis tells them that she observed someone enter their quarters earlier and snoop around and check on what must be recording devices. She follows them to their room in the same building, but they don't emerge again. They figure it's someone from newer public intelligence. After that, Cheris comes in, but she stays in the main room. And after the pilots re-enter, unfortunately, Tomer barges in. He orders. Oh, everybody- I'm Tomer. I'm so cool. <laughs> please do that again. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. Pew pew. <laughs> okay, that's good too. Uh, Tomar barges in and orders everyone else to leave, but Wedge, once again, is angry and sexy and tells him that he can't kick out his guests. Tomar says it's to save Wedge embarrassment in front of his subordinates. Oh, I'm Tomar. I say things like subordinates without irony in my voice. (laughs) Are you sure your name isn't Chad? Chad. Oh my god, Tomer is such a Chad. Chad Tomer. Chad Tomer. Tomer's first name is Chad. Tomer's Tomer just a nickname. Oh my freaking god. Chad says it's okay, we already said that. 
Chad yells at Wedge that he needs to stop messing stuff up. They're there to play by the Edumari rules, not to change them. They're falling out of favor with the Parader and the people of Kartan because they're not doing live fire duels. Wedge needs to start regaining his honor by, you know, killing a bunch of young folks. Yeah, get on that, Wedge. Wedge refuses and tells Chad to his face that he can't (laughs) give him orders. (laughs) I always have... If your name is Chad, I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think we have any Chads? Maybe. I know a Chad in real life who's great. Oh, did you just play the I have a friend who's a Chad card? (laughs) It doesn't mean that all Chads are great. (laughs) I know it doesn't. Did you just not all Chads? (laughs) (laughs) Not all Chads. (laughs) Oh, no. <laughs> also, if you are listening, your name is Chad. Please, like, reach out to us because yeah. I think I really want to know who you are and why. Yeah, you're I'd I'd really like to have a friend that's a Chad. I'd like to really begin to understand the Chad way of life. <laughs> Hashtag not all. <laughs> I'd love a Chad friend. <laughs> I've always wanted to be a friend of Chad. <laughs> Would you prefer a dangling or a pregnant? <laughs> um, a pregnant Well, throw back to the 2000 presidential election humor there. Oh. Okay, Saf, you weren't alive yet. <laughs> She's not Eric Geller. Not oh. yet. Oh, please don't say Danny, that is the most ominous thing you've ever said to me. <laughs> not yet. Oh my god, I can't breathe. (laughs) And because Chad can't say who head intelligence operative is there, he'll only accept an order from the Elder Kraken who assigned him this case. Chad storms out after Wedge again makes a vague threat of violence. (laughs) My favorite Wedge. Wedge needs a drink alone, Wiz, to figure out his existence. (laughs) I feel that. He heads down to Garms on the Downstream. (laughs) I love it so much. Which is apparently a name of a bar. where And it's a pilot bar where they can just chill out and not have to worry about the... Is that the correct word for this? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, The adulation of... Is that how you pronounce it? Yep. You're doing great, Meg. Adulation of... Listen, I'm not doing great. I'm doing really poorly. You're You're doing your fucking best and that's what matters. (laughs) Thank you, Seth. I love you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and now I have to worry about the adulation of fans sure that's fine they still get into duels here though which is enough to make Wedge order a stronger drink he asks he has to ask himself two questions the first is if it would really do the New Republic any harm if such a dangerous place like Adumar joined he has to admit that it wouldn't that actually probably Adumar would benefit to see more moderate cultures um, because he has seen that they have been receptive to Wedge's teachings. The second question is if he'd really be able to participate in live fire duels if the Elder Kraken gave him the order. The answer is nah, he really can't. 
unless it was something that had set rules and rewards, like a one-on-one dogfight against Fenrir to decide who Adamar joins. Then it's a military target with a less morally ambiguous outcome. After he decides this, Wedge recognizes the Coruscant clip of a man he's never met but has worked with before, Admiral Rogress, who, for Rogue Padron, who I know doesn't remember these books, helped Han in the campaign against Warlord Gabor by loaning them an interdictor. Oh, yeah, that guy. That guy. Super, super important to the plot. Yeah. Wedge goes and sits with him. Rogress is in charge of the, int- eh, that's not what's called, Imperial Star Destroyer Agonizer, <laughs> where the 181st is operating out oh, of. Oh, the, the Imperial Star Destroyer name stopped being sexy. <laughs> they sure did, and I missed the sexy ones. Razor's Kiss. <laughs> Sorry, I just saw the chest. <laughs> glad, glad you're enjoying yourself. <laughs> sure am. Uh, Wedge tells Rogris that Luke told him a theory he had about why all of the vessels and plans are named super awful things like Iron Fist. Because they're sex toys. Uh, yep, that's definitely Luke's theory. It is. <laughs> Luke believed that by constantly surrounding all of his subordinates with the headbutting messages of service, but also, we're fucking evil, made it so people couldn't forget that they are, in fact, the bad guys. And that they know full well that they're doing something wrong. What Why is, is this next question? sentence? Like, that particular flavor of willing descent into darkness was one of Palpatine's favorite flavors of the ice cream shop. <laughs> <laughs> is that what that stands for now? <laughs> is this like code? Okay, this okay. is terrible podcast content. <laughs> this is excellent podcast content. <laughs> All right. <laughs> for our listeners, the show notes say that particular flavor of quotation mark space and quotation mark was one of Papa Palpatine's favorite flavors. And Meg just went with it. It was good. Listen, I did these shots on the way to work at like 5.20 in the morning. <laughs> it made sense at the time. <laughs> and probably I just really wanted ice cream. Progress, of course, just rolls his eyes. Enough of a career imperial to not care because... He also has embraced the darkness. Wedge is shruggy emoticon about it, feeling a little more at peace after facing the capital E enemy and heads back toward their apartment. All right, I have a question. Yeah. Which one of us is the darling one, the doubtful <laughs> one, the dour one, oh, no. and the diligent one? I think uh, it's really obvious. <laughs> is it? Yeah, I think it is. Who do you think it is, Nick? Okay. Saf is the darling one. Yay! Yep. Heath is the dour one. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Danny is the doleful one. And I am the diligent one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That makes yep. sense. I think that's the only way that it can play out. That's good. Like, maybe Danny and Heath can get reversed because people forget which one you guys are. Um <laughs> <laughs> But, like, Sat for sure is the darling one. <laughs> I, it's what, even, what even are the doleful and the dour ones? I don't even remember. 
Doesn't matter. Okay. Should we do listener questions? Yeah. Last week, how many weeks ago was it? It was only like two weeks ago. A while ago. Whenever we last spoke, we asked you to describe your ideal balcony scene or favorite (laughs) star. (laughs) (laughs) And we still have to do this, right? Did anyone describe their favorite star? I did. And no, I meant of our listeners. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a couple stars in here. Yes, yeah. good. I don't know. My ideal balcony scene is just like a bunch of Ithorians on a balcony. <laughs> being <laughs> Ithorians. <laughs> like yeah. looking at some porgs and a rancor, maybe. Just, I don't know. Just their hammerhead looking ass <laughs> up there on the balcony. <laughs> hanging out. <laughs> Oh, oh you're lucky I'm in a good mood right now. <laughs> my ideal back on the scene would <laughs> I said so many words wrong. Oh my gosh. Um You can do it. Would would be me and Brooke Vessery holding hands on a porch swing That's... at sunset. Wait, a porch swing on a balcony? Yeah. Okay. Uh, obviously. Come on. Keep up, Danny. <laughs> that end. And also maybe Gavin's there too, holding my other hand. I have two, so why not? I think they get along. I'm not sure it was my ideal balcony scene, but I like the idea of a scene where like, I don't know, Widge and Tomer, Chad, I mean, are like on the balcony and Chad is just being the worst and Widge is just like, I'm over this. And he just climbs over the balcony and just... (laughs) (laughs) Widge just climbs over the balcony. Oh, that's dark. Like, also, no, I can totally like see that happening Bye. in this. Oh. Like when Anakin jumps out of that speeder and attack him. Yeah, he's clothes. fine. He like lands on a ship or something. Like an air speeder. If you'll excuse Wedge, me. Wedge is channeling his inner Anakin. Somehow. Yeah. Like he doesn't jump off and like die. That's what I'm saying. He jumps off and he like either lands like it's a first level balcony or something. He lands on the ground just walks off. He's just, he's just, <laughs> first level balcony. <laughs> He just, like, jumps over a planter and just walks off. <laughs> yes, that, that's my ideal balcony scene. Uh, mine would be Constable Zuvio scouting out, like, some lookout for a crime of some kind. They're, like, staking out some criminals, and he's, like, overseeing the operation from the balcony. That's good. Yeah. Is that, Danny, do you have a favorite star? I believe I gave my favorite star last seven weeks ago. I thought we all <laughs> gave our favorite star last time. We did. Okay. It was it was our discussion yeah. question during Crystal Star Dren. Yeah. What did I say mine was? I think you said mine is Danny, you're ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> probably. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe Star Wars had a star named that. <sighs> Alright, here's what our listeners had to say. We've we've got a couple stars in here. We're good. Suara said, Finn is on a balcony overlooking Cantobite. Unbeknownst to him, Ray, who cannot conceal her feelings any longer, has left Ashto to find him there. She finds Finn and confesses her love. Finn reciprocates. Then they shave each other's heads to mark their love for each other. I was really into this, and then that last sentence happened. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Suara, why are you like this? I'm and against all of that. It was even worse on Twitter because that last sentence was a separate tweet. <laughs> Because you like you read the response and you're like, wow, that's cute. And then you see the follow-up and you're like, oh, Suara. Oh, it's Suara. <laughs> Why are you like this? Dinner leader said, my ideal balcony scene is the Anakin Padme Wan on Naboo from Attack of the Clones. Except oh, Anakin. He's really leaning into the Attack of the Clones thing here. <laughs> yep. Attack of the Clones Anakin. <laughs> Just take that persona. 
<laughs> Except Anakin isn't there, and it's just Padme having a nice, relaxing time on a beautiful balcony on a beautiful world, and nothing weird happens, and she's fine and happy forever. I really oh, that's like so that. Lovely. That's pretty <laughs> ideal. <laughs> Jay said my ideal balcony scene would involve Borsk Paleo. <laughs> about that against <laughs> it <laughs> and he'd be getting thrown right off said dog <laughs> okay so it would be on course and so we'd have really far to fall like the opposite of okay, but what if he what if he pulled an anakin skywalker and landed on a speeder <laughs> <laughs> i'd be really mad <laughs> then, then jay goes on to clarify but i don't like murder so i guess he'd land in a giant ball pit so many balls. Still cathartic. <laughs> oh, boy. Jay, self-professed Imperial doesn't like murder. He's not an Imperial for the murder. He's an Imperial for the fancy parties. Oh, that's fair. Well said. <laughs> also, if someone doesn't murder. make fan art of Borsk Palia in a giant ball pit, what are we even doing here? That sounds <laughs> maybe cute, actually. Right? I might do we it. We could finally have what our if- Borsk Palia redemption story. Yeah, we're no, it's not because like he basically tries to run a convention. He's like, "Hey guys, I got this ball pit." <laughs> <laughs> Worst. <laughs> KDF said, "Don't even care who, but two people dramatically leaning over and kissing from two adjacent balconies." Oh, oh, that's good. Uh, Multiple balcony uh, action. And then she said, "Ah, oh, who am I kidding? It has to be Wedge and Tycho." Aww. Yeah, into it. it. Ian Miller, favorite star. <laughs> Seth, are you <laughs> Googling it, please? <laughs> Thank you. Is that why it's highlighted? I am absolutely Googling okay. it. Okay, good. It was a star in the expansion region. Okay. Ian Miller said his favorite star is TD10036EM1271 because it blew up so nicely. Oh, yeah. Good old TD136EM1271. <laughs> It was an ambush at Corellia, assault at Salonia. Oh, Salonia! Showdown at Cedar Point, the new Jedi Order, Agents of Chaos 2, Jedi Eclipse. Wait, Screw is there a book about the books. Otter people? All of, no, like, kind of. Oh. Like, it takes place there, but that trilogy is not good. Well, but it's a book about the Otter trilogy. people. But it's not really about the Otter people. It's about Han Solo, and he, uh, like... Why is everything about Han Solo? <laughs> Big mood. <laughs> <laughs> Big 2018 move. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, nice, anyway. nice deep cut, Ian Miller. <laughs> I assume it was just like the technical name for the Death Star or something, like like its part number or whatever. I don't know. I had no idea what it was. Oh, I found some juicy sexism in the Sultan Salonia. Wow, that was fast. Wait, despite being reminded frequently that all males and fertile females are isolated to the dance, with only sterile females being abroad in the galaxy, several <laughs> times passing Salonians are referred to as male. Oh. Star Wars is the worst. Oh. Please stop saying fertile. <laughs> yeah, please. I know you only said it once, but that was too many times. <laughs> I said fertile and infertile, so I said it twice. Too, oh, too yeah, many that is going to be one good Wikipedia Padron episode. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> Oh, God. Um, thank you for taking us there, Ian. <laughs> thank you, Ian. Ian also gave us a favorite balcony scene. When it, wherever Mendona sets up with his sniper rifle to provide cover for his fellow race, especially Lara. Aww. Yes! Yes! I took that. 
we're we're almost done with the Halloween names. This next one is from Boo. I'm spooky. <laughs> Ooh, I'm so scared. <laughs> oh, I'm afraid. He feels really scary. <laughs> At Camshaft twenty five. <laughs> Boo, I'm spooky. Okay, okay, so ideal balcony scene. Tycho standing alone on a balcony at some function, pining for Wedge. It's just him being sad and tragic. Oh, oh that's Wedge's I job. I am so into that. Wow. Yeah. yeah. The Wyco shipper is coming out in full force this week. Yeah, it's good. Thank you, Starfighters. Tom the Fanboy said, this is my favorite balcony scene because I fantasize about throwing old white Paul. Oh, did I miss part of his answer? Probably, yes, it sounds yeah. like it. Oh, Was it yes. a picture of Darth there Vader was, throwing There was a Palpatine. picture. No, it was the picture from um, of Anakin and Palpatine on a balcony. Ah. So he's saying he fantasizes about throwing old white politicians off balconies way more than doing anything romantic, which is really funny. <laughs> Please. Ben Warman wrote a fic called Wedge's Balcony. Ben! <laughs> that should be a sitcom. Wedge's Balcony should be a sitcom. I'd, I'd write it. Um, so we will put a link to this amazing thing in the show notes so you can all read it. Um, just to give you a taste, here's a quick out-of-context snippet. Oh, this is not good for my knee. <laughs> <laughs> We're not right? going to tell you who says it. <laughs> here's another good Am one. I cameoing Wait. this? Here's, here's another good one. Yep! Was all that Wedge said. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is, wait, is that a Boba Fett attack of the clones? <laughs> Please. Oh, <laughs> so my good. God. Yes. Thank you, Ben. Thank um, you, Ben. I'm going to read it out loud. I also want to point out that we are all anonymous in this Google Doc, and so I'm currently sharing the Google Doc <laughs> with an anonymous hedgehog, anonymous llama, and an anonymous quokka, which is a deep zoology cut, Google. Well done. Well, I'm not in the Google Docs. So I think there's a real animal in there. <laughs> <laughs> Raising Fangirl said, My perfect Poe Dameron in his X-Wing fighting off the First Order. Camera pans back to reveal an old man in his space wheelchair, sipping a glass of space whiskey, and then a grumpy voice you hear, I could do that too if I could get out of this chair. It's Wedge. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm glad Wedge is still emo in his old age. I <laughs> Once an emo, always an emo. And finally, Odie Mick Face. <laughs> I love him. <laughs> so I hope he's okay. I hope you're okay. Why haven't you responded to any of our tweets? <laughs> I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna at Odie right now. <laughs> be like, Worry you up? I'm gonna say you <laughs> up. <laughs> new phone, new disc. <laughs> you up? <laughs> Odie said, my favorite star of the moment is the Crystal Star Wars collection that Swarovski actually did. They actually missed the opportunity to do a Crystal Death Star, but that's probably coming soon. Is this real? Or is this parody? Is, I no, can't doing tell. a Crystal Star collection seems like a bad thing. And this week, we're asking the question we answered already, right? Wait, I want to give Ben Warman a glistening Bodie. Oh, oh yeah, Bodies, yes. Thank you, ben. And Ian Miller gets a glistening body for TD one zero zero three six EM one two seven one. Yeah, because it's I, I want to a good place. A smaller glistening body to Jay because the bullpit is glorious. Like good callback. It's been a while, and also as much as I hate to say it, I want to give a smaller glistening body to Dinner Leader nope. because I I need to. I think what you way. meant to say was a glistening attack at the clones, Anakin Skywalker. 
It can be smaller. A slightly smaller <laughs> listening attack of Anakin Skywalker. You, you can still make it smaller. Is that... Okay, so that's his first one of a smaller kind. I think he has, like, three of the larger kind. I think he's more than three at this point. I'm not too sure. No, I don't know. He definitely skipped a question one week. <gasps> yeah, we noticed. <laughs> we always notice. Every, every yeah. time you Meg miss noticed. a question, we take away one of your Anakin. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a punishment, though? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. So what's this week's question? Wait. I thought it was, I, no, I thought I typed it out. I'm looking for it. It's the Halloween one. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to word it like you did, though. I didn't I didn't say it out loud. Or I didn't write it down. What character would dress as another character? What would your favorite Rogue oh. or Wraith dress up as for Halloween? Yes. Keith, how could you be so wrong and not remember that? <laughs> <laughs> Because I answered it a different way than you did, so I wanted to make... Anyway. I have some there bonus questions for our listeners this week. <laughs> um, number one is, would you rather exist in a brick-based economy or a sheep-based economy <laughs> and why? Uh, number two is, what are the D&D alignments of all your favorite rogues and wraiths? And number three is, what important details did we miss when describing space crocodiles? <laughs> Good. Some some bonus question. We will not be <laughs> extra, credit. extra credit. Damn, oh. girl. <laughs> <laughs> That's the second time tonight I went the opposite direction as somebody. You went the nice way this time, though. <laughs> well, that's because he's right. the doleful one right now. Uh, yeah, true. All right, listeners, hit us up on Twitter with your answers to, sure, all of these questions if you want. <laughs> you are just... All of them. <laughs> All of them. Or just our Or we one. take away your past awards. <laughs> no, we're not taking away glistening bodies. We can't do that. Yeah, no, that's illegal. We're not allowed to do that. Um, hit us up on Twitter at one. I almost said my own Twitter name there. At Rogue Podcast. <laughs> no, send, send them all to at Wanderlustin. <laughs> hit us up on Twitter at Wanderlustin. <laughs> this has at been another Rogue episode of Wanderlustin. <laughs> You can email us at roguepodron at gmail.com. You can find us at roguepodron.tumblr.com. I don't know. I forgot the outro. Wander Do I even Pondren. say that? <laughs> we never update the Tumblr anyway. Don't go to it. Yeah, that's no point. <laughs> it's been a year. We just keep year. the Tumblr so that when people say that we're a bunch of Tumblr users, we can be like, yup. <laughs> it's right there. Sure are. Cool references there. Uh, you should, you should, you need to subscribe to us via the Rogue Podrum feed on iTunes. Um, also, leave us a nice review because we love them. You can also subscribe via the Far, Far Away Radio feed on iTunes, Stitcher, FeedBurner, and Google Play. Um, and we also have a review this week from one of our faves, Dark Sapiens. Dark Sapiens. I'm making a heart with my hands, but you can't see it. Sorry. Do I need to read that Spanish bit? If you want to. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I, I, I don't. <laughs> Funniest analysis of the X-Wing series. Five stars. Five stars. Nom, nom, nom. This is the funniest podcast I listen to by far. Every single episode, I end up laughing out loud to the point of tears and also not caring if anyone hears or sees me while it happens. 
The podcast mainly follows the X-Wing series of books from the Star Wars Legends, while also pointing out their problematic aspects, sexist tropes, innuendo, good portrayals, and big moments. But since the first episode, you get hooked by the personalities of the hosts and the great time they're having together in every recording session. As you get to know them, every episode feels more and more like having a good time with some friends who talk about Star Wars and a diversity of other topics. Highly recommended. Other topics include ball pits <laughs> and space crocodiles. <laughs> Halloween costume. <laughs> Thank you, Dark Sapiens. You rock. Thank you, Dark Sapiens. Nom, 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 Thanks for feeding us. You also got a very late submission with another fic. <gasps> yes! Whoa. Sarah! Sarah right. just sent, yeah, Sarah just sent over a fic, so nice. we will also we'll link that in the... include that in the show notes. Thank you, yeah. Sarah. Yeah, you also get a glistening Bodhi. Great. Well, if that's all the Bodies we have to give out tonight, that wraps it up for this time. But next time, maybe in less weeks than this one, (laughs) will be X-Wing Starfighters of Adumar, Chapter 7 through 9. And with that, this is Rogue Padron signing off. Pash out. Rogue Leader signing off. Rogue Six signing off. Rogue Seven signing off. Rogue Three signing off. <laughs>